1: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave in the piney
2: woods of North Central Florida in the Melbourne Law Studio. Ellen Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators as a full service law firm. And we're protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention with Randy Elrad and John Pastore. And all of our great sponsors who help bring you, hopefully, a spirited conversation and something that will stimulate your thinking and action as we discuss these issues that are relevant that uh, we have facing the country. Now, we have, of course, Caliber Coffee which I uh, like to bring you up to a uh, faith family firearms and coffee CaliberCoffeeCompany.com, free shipping $50 plus. And we have Ted Yoho with us today who is as steady as the sun rising and setting last week. We just, dis- uh, we developed uh, a list of things facing the country and uh, we'll probably go through that list again, because nothing's disappeared except maybe we'll add one thing to it. And that's the indictment. Um, let's show if we can, I just texted it to you. Did you get it? Did you get it, Zach? Maybe we can throw it up there. The Atlanta Constitution, uh, crazy thing I just got from one of our great fans. There it is. I think Ted can see it. Um, yeah. a blockbuster, blockbuster indictment, and you know uh, they're falling all over themselves. And we're going to. I think Ted's ready to talk about this, and certainly I am. There's a lot on the line for the country here. Uh, Paul's on the char- it really it almost goes to any category that we developed last week. Um, sure Abomination of America, leadership, yeah. election laws—you name it—it it is here in this so-called blockbuster indictment. Uh, Ted, eighteen co-conspirators, many of whom are your friends, yeah. I know. I'm going to turn it over to you, my man and get your reaction to this, and t- chime in um, as I need to be chiming in, just to keep the balls and the plates spinning, sir. Just,
0: just to keep the flow going like you just always to keep do. keep the Pick flow up. going, buddy. That's right, man. I number one, it's great to be on, and uh, thanks for having me on again. And uh, i got to give a shout-out to your uh, sponsors. I mean, they're doing a great job, and, you know, I know so many of them, and uh, they've always been there, and it's great that they keep supporting your program to get the word out. But, um, you know, these indictments, this is something that I think we're going to see until Trump goes away. And uh, even after uh, the, the last election, when unfortunately Biden got into the White House, uh, and we've talked enough about that election, um, th- they didn't stop after Trump because they knew he was a threat to come back. And my fear is for him and his family, mainly him that I don't think they'll give up on him. And if he does become the nominee and then is in the election for presidency, number one, they are going to go after him with everything they've got. They're already doing it, but they're going to ramp it up because what's at stake here is you've got a person that nobody thought would ever be president. I mean, he beat everybody at at all odds to become the president of the United States. And he did so many great things for this country. Um, but what he did do that they didn't anticipate was go after the establishment like he did. And the amount of uh, influence he had, you talk about an influencer. When you look at the races that he went after to bring in strong conservative members and to protect the strong conservative members, uh, that would challenge the leadership. And that's really what has to be a challenge here. And keep in mind at the upper echelon's of politics it's not republicans or democrats it is the party of big government and that party their role is to protect that status quo of corporations pharmaceutical companies you know the big companies like that the high tech companies and to keep it so that does not get get disrupted and trump came in there and he said enough of this and what he didn't anticipate was you know, he brought on advisors like Rince Priebus and Paul Ryan and Pete Mitch McConnell and people like that, that surrounded Trump with the establishment. And uh, we can talk about different things like the the, re- the replacement for Obamacare, which was a joke. It solidified Obamacare. And, um, you know, they had Trump convinced that these were the best policies that for America and they really did these things, which they didn't. And so he went in naively in that. Now he knows what he's up against. And they know that if he gets back in there, he is going to turn the house upside down. And it really does. It's almost like, I don't, I don't want to make an analogy between him and Jesus. But when Jesus got mad at the temple because of the money trading and all that at the temple, uh, he got mad and upset the money uh, changers. And that's the type of process that this country has to go through. And these indictments, they're not going to stop. And and you say it really well, the blockbuster uh, uh, indictments. I mean, they're in Georgia, they're in New York. Uh, no telling where else they're going to come out. And they're going to come out, if he gets through this, they're going to come out in another state, in another state. It'll be Arizona, it'll be Michigan, it'll be Wisconsin, uh, Nevada. And they're going to stay on the heels of this guy. And, um, you know... The threat is not the threat, but the concern is if he does become the president. They will do everything they can to minimize anything he can do to unwind the Biden extension of Obama's policies. And that's what I refer to as the abominization of America, because that's really what is the the, the, the challenge not the challenge. But that really is the conflict here. The left, the Marxists, they want to fundamentally transform America, and they're doing it. Um, look at your HHS uh, secretary. Look at the guy, that, that Sam Britton. Look at the people they have marched up to say this is the best America has. And it is totally the antithesis of what America was founded on, you know, and it's, uh, it's something they're going to keep going after. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And you hear people on the right, you know, the the legal people saying that these things are some of the most bogus charges that have ever been brought up. And it's really a bastardization of our justice system that is going on. They will break the law to remove Donald Trump by any means possible so that he can't get in there and disrupt that fundamental transformation of America, which they've been very successful at, and they've almost succeeded. And that's why, you know, I'm leaning my support more towards Trump. Um, I've I've been kind of non-committal on this, but I, I think with what he's going through, I think this is the guy that needs to get in there. Number one, he has fought harder than I've ever seen any presidential candidate fight. And I don't know how he has the stamina to do that, but I respect that. Back to you.
2: Yeah, very well said. And let me add a couple of footnotes to it, if I may. Um, the prosecutor, the black lady, father, was a member, an original member of the Black Panthers. I don't know if you knew that or not.
0: No, I did not. I went over that.
2: Yep, she is the daughter of a Black Panther. Now, we're talking about Huey Newton. We're talking about those people who really, if you think about it, are the forerunners of Obama. Obama obviously has been schooled by their philosophy. And sure. now we've got a woman who is got a chance to apply her trade. The father must be flipping, doing backflips to think that they are, because they've mixed the race in with this white guys. They've got to do that. They've got to do that. But here's where I've been thinking about a little more of this. She's being applauded for having this great dragnet, this sweeping wide net. You know what we think of net fishing. It's pretty illegal. Um, But that's the intent of it. And now I'm beginning to think, Does she want to take on all these guys along with him? Here's a list of them, as you know, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman. Both of them are attorneys. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: They know the RICO law. The RICO law was for organized crime. Are you trying to tell me that Trump is the head of an organized crime syndicate?
1: The organized crime syndicate is Brennan. Uh, strict stroke stroke Comey that's
2: your organized crime syndicate
0: it really is and and, and it, it, they have they have turned it and this is this is what they're good at I mean number one the, that, um, that attorney that's bringing these charges up she comes from that same mold uh, of her father like you said with the Black uh, Panther mindset you know Black theology Black liberation theory but you know, you go back to the sixties when you started to get the Saul Alinsky types, like the bite or the, the Clintons, the, um, um, you know, other people like that, you know, Obama was a, a disciple of, uh, of Alinsky and he is a communist. Uh, not, I'm not saying Obama is, but Alinsky was, and you look at the things and, and it ties right into Clower pivots and Clower Pivens, our two professors out in California, either Berkeley or Stanford, I think, uh, and they're um, psychologists, sociologists, and their whole thing was to destroy America. And they gave a, a, a game plan. It's a very succinct one. And if you take their game plan along with Saul Linsky's and you look at what's going on that's being um, promoted by the Democratic Party—well, used to be the Democratic Party—they're I, 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 Marxists at, at best. If you look at what they're doing, it is the destruction of this uh, this nation, and um, th- they're going to use everything in the book to go after Trump, and what they do is they tell you what he's doing illegally and make a big deal out of it. yet they're doing it on their side and hope that the media stays over here, which they will because the media is on their side, and you contrast that with Hunter Biden and that scandal, and it's you don't hear anything out of the other side. Uh, it's a travesty. And it's a day, I mean, we are living through the period for the demise of America, and it's going to go one way or the other. And, uh, you know, when I say the demise of America, the demise of our constitutional republic that has been built on and improved over 240 years. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I kind of went on a rant.
2: No, no, no. I mean, I'm just looking at the attorneys in this group that she's put in the net. Uh, Of course, I met Mark Meadows with you one time. Right. Really nice man. I can't Great believe. You. Like, you know, Mark Meadows comes from West North Carolina. Yeah. Hill Country. That, that, that's as solid as you can get with people. You're trying to tell me that he is involved with organized crime. You, yeah. You've got to be kidding me. Um, you've got the uh, uh, former Justice Department, Jeffrey Clark. I guess, you know, some of these guys. Trump campaign attorney, Kenneth Chesbro, um,
1: right.
2: Ray Smith, um, David Schaefer, Senator Sean Still, the Republican still serving in the Georgia
1: Senate. Um I mean, this is quite a list of people to uh, harass, really. I can't believe that. This will go
2: quietly into that good night.
0: Well, that's, you know, think about what they're doing. They're, they're, not, they're extending and broadening their uh, scope of people they're going to go after beyond Trump. And by doing this, they're intimidating other people to come forward um, and, and be supportive of Trump. Because now you're in that MAGA group, and that MAGA group has been deemed by Joe Biden and the left as being state sponsors of terrorism domestic state sponsors of terrorism. You know, it's a threat to our, they'll call it a democracy. And I've got to remind them, we don't, our government is not a democracy. You can look it up um, on the CIA website, the FBI, you know, Britannica, even Wikipedia gets this right, which very rarely they get stuff correct. Um, And it says we are a constitutional republic, but they always say it's a threat to our democracy. We use a democratic process Uh, But there's a there's a there's a great distinction between the two. And they say, well, this is a threat to our democracy. Yet they're the ones that are breaking it and changing the rules all in the name of, well, we we have to go after these people because they're enemies of the state. No, the left is the enemy of the state. And uh, so they're going to broaden that net, make it a bigger net to catch more people in it. And then it sends a signal to the people that want to speak up and, and they feel the same way, but they're like, mm, I don't want to, I don't want to have that retribution on me. But this is the time where we need to stand up and do that. We you know, back- we've, even,
2: we've even got a situation. I wasn't going to bring this up. I'm not going to show the picture. This Kath, Kathy Griffin. You remember her? She's the comedian who.
0: Oh, uh, that lady. Yeah. Yeah.
2: She's done it again. She's got an image. Uh, you know, Trump's head. and um, Really? Well, yes, what this uh, Breitbart article says, I haven't really looked at it carefully, but um, people think it's probably Photoshop and somebody put it up there and ripped her picture off. Who knows these days? Oh, but, that
0: would be an improvement to take her picture off.
2: I'm telling you, wouldn't it? But yeah. uh, this kind of stuff, they can do with impunity. Uh, they don't have uh-huh. any... Um, Kick back from this. They don't have any. But you let a guy sing a song about small town America. Right. And my golly, they want to run him out of, out of dodge, you know, because um, that's a dangerous group of people to the Marxists because the rural people are the ones who are really getting the wrong end of the deal in this Bidenomics because you take the guys who are painting the compound here and roofing the compound, uh, these guys are working their tails off and the gas now, as you know, Ted, has gone to four dollars a gallon. You can't run a tractor if you have a gas tractor on four and diesel's more expensive. You oh, can't farm. Terrible. You can't well, farm at that rate. And yet and the they,
0: people don't huh? Well, they put all the, the EPA regulations, you know, the clean air, all that on the diesel tractors, and you can't you can't run a tractor efficiently at the RPMs. That they want you to run it at, and so it drives the cost up. The price of fuel in, we'll just say in America, affects everything that we touch every day, from food to you know clothing to the stuff we buy at the Chinese distribution centers like Walmart and Home Depot. Um, it, it affects everything in our lives, and that is what is really behind inflation. It's not the the rise in interest rate, that that came secondarily. And this is all what they're doing. And this, again, they want to force America to live a different way. And that's that's what Democrats do or Marxists do, you know, controlled by the state. You know, they accuse the right of being the um, the fascist, but it's really them. They accuse us of it, but they have the policies that promote it. Uh, and, and again, that's why I say, we're at a very uh, dangerous inflection point in this country. And we, the people, which we don't have government by, we, the people anymore, there's a facade that we we elect leaders that go up and do what we want to do, but they don't do it. Um, they can't do it. A lot of times their hands are um, tied up because of the administrative state. Um, and so we have got to get back to the basics. And we have to. We have to get past that period of Republicans versus Democrats, conservative versus liberals. We have to come together as Americans. And this is the time we need to do it. And I just hope so there's somebody in this presidential race that can unite us as Americans uh, and not, you know, lead to more division. But unfortunately, there's probably going to be more strife before there's a healing process.
2: Well, I, I advise Ron DeSantis to keep his powder dry because He actually has, in my humble opinion, I'm never wrong, by the way. I don't know if you know that, Ted, but anyway. I noticed that. (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. Um, He has the moxie and the know-how to disassemble, if you will, the establishment piece by piece without getting in their face the way Trump does. Right. you know Trump gets after them personally and all that, and also to to show that they know that, they have begun to really smear him as much as they can by labeling him a racist and I just yeah. as, as an aside here ted i don't know if I'm going to get into a particular part of the show, not today's, but another, I examined you know I was in the classroom I examined the reading list for the black history, which was made by a black scholar historian who composed right. the list. It is a very impressive list. I mean, it's, it's as good as anything you'll see anywhere. It's very, very diverse. It's, it's, it's got all kinds of points of view uh, and they are not shabby sources. They are respected sources. what? But yet the media and the Marxist left has reduced it to the one single joker in the deck, the race card, and has tried to hang it around the sense his neck.
0: Oh, sure, sure.
2: I'm trying to the read problem. that as a positive sign. In other words, they know he is.
0: They no, know this guy is a- dangerous. Yeah. Well, it is, and they're attacking him, and it's going to be interesting to see how Ron goes through this, because Ron is very smart, I mean he, I sat next to him in foreign affairs, uh smart guy, very articulate, and he has that moxie, and it's one of those things that's like this is what we're doing, and he moves ahead and does it and, and he doesn't have the fanfare like Trump does and tell everybody out how, how you know makes fun of them and has all the names. He just moves on, and it's kind of like dragnet, the old dragnet series where it's just the facts, ma'am, just give me the facts and um you know, those are things that he will bring to the table. The thing that kind of scares me about him is one of the things is his foreign policy. He was talking about, you know, somebody asked him uh, in an interview about Mexico, uh, if he would use drones against the cartels. And he said, absolutely. And I'm like, man, what you're doing talking about having armed drones going after cartels, I assume in Mexico, that's an act of war. And that is a, a very dangerous policy to have. There's other ways you can get on Mexico, you know, through trade, you know, or, or, one of their, if not their largest, one of their largest trading partners. And we count probably the largest portion of their income or economy is through trade with the United States and the jobs we create. And of course with NAFTA, all the companies that left North, uh, left America and went into Mexico. Uh, I think we could go at after that stronger and if you did what Trump did and just say, hey, Mexico, you need to stop this flow of people coming in here. Um, but the, to start talking the rhetoric of having drone strikes against the cartel, which I, I don't have a problem with getting rid of those people because they're, they're a bad, they're just a bad group of people. But uh, I think that would be very dangerous. And I hope he pivots away from that kind of rhetoric.
2: I think he probably will. I mean, he's got... Uh He's re You know, this his, his is also...
1: I, as I say, I would keep my powder dry if I were he. Well, becomes. you're right about
0: that. That's the best thing.
1: The doggone
2: schmear job on Trump is only going to make Trump stronger with the people. Right. But the people have been betrayed before. And last time, the cover was COVID because yeah. COVID allowed them to proliferate the spread of the absentee ballot. And, and I've, I don't know if this has happened, Ted, but it should. It may have. I don't know. Keeping private money out of public elections because Zuckerbucks is what financed the absentee ballots. We had $700,000 come to this supervisor of elections office in Alachua County. And tomorrow we're going to have a show on what we discovered, just the Ward Scott Files discovered in uh, uh, fraud. You know, of course, beep, God has kicked off of YouTube, which just shows you the fear the system has for anybody talking about that.
0: See, that's where their tentacles go. They, I mean, you look at your show, if they can reach your show, which you're in a smaller network than, say, you know, Fox or something like Rush Limbaugh was, if they can find you in a rural area and they can start censoring you or blocking you on, uh, on uh, broadcast channels like YouTube, um, you know, that's how far their tentacles reach. And uh, that's just a very dangerous place for us to be as a nation because, again, it's intimidation. I know so many people have been shut down. On this intimidation because of what they say, and they're being monitored. Um, there was something you brought up, and I wanted to go back to, and I forget what it was. Uh, what were you talking about right before this?
2: Well, I was talking about mail-in ballots, absentee ballots. Oh, money in public thanks. elections.
0: All right, thanks for bringing me back to that. Um, I feel bad. You're older than I am by a few years, and you probably <laughs> have that memory uh,
2: <laughs> in many, many ways, too, Tim.
0: <laughs> but if you triage what's going on in America and then you look at how did the Democrats win this last election, it was by the election laws that Pelosi put in, you know, and we've talked a lot about that. The last one was H.R. one, the John Lewis civil rights voting act. And again, if, if you were a, a white conservative Republican and you voted against that, um, you're a racist. Um, but that was a very dangerous bill. This is what, the, and, and it was illegal in that the federal government is dictating to the states how they run their elections. And that's something that is left up to the states. And the states need to push back. Of course, you're not going to have any Democratic-run state push back against that because it benefits that Democrat Marxist party. But the Republicans at this point in time should be going after those things because that's an existential threat to the survival of a constitutional republic that we are. But I don't see anybody bringing up lawsuit after lawsuit for each of these states on um, mail-in ballots, uh, drop boxes, uh, no uh, no voter um, verif- or no signature, no residency verification that they put into these this legislation. I don't see the Republicans as a party or in unison going after these things, but I hear them doing hearings on UFOs, hearings on transgender. <laughs> Some hearings on the, the border, on fentanyl, all those things that, and they're important to a certain degree, but they're not the most important thing. And again, it's like um, the Titanic is sinking. Let's get some lifeboats. Let's get this stuff out of here. But they don't do that. Our ship is sinking, and the Republicans better act now and get a lot of these election laws tied up in the court system to where when it comes time for the election, They're going to have to do some straightening out at the federal level and hopefully block some of the mail-in ballots, the extended uh, time period for an election. I mean, it's ridiculous. We're the only, and and I I hate to use this word, we're the only developed, uh, we used to be really developed, we're the only developed country that uses mail-in ballots, drop boxes, and the extended voting period of time. The other countries got rid of it. And I'm going to say this because of the fraud that it was wrought with. And uh, it's, it just irritates me that the Republicans aren't going at the, one of the very basic causes that has led us to where we're at. Um, you know, and so you know, I'd like to hear your comments on that.
2: On Ted Yoho, really on Ted Yoho Wednesday. And we're really <laughs> honored to have Ted with us. And we enjoy watching the chat line here and any conversations you want us to take up on your behalf. We'll certainly do it. Uh, we're really going through a list that Ted developed last week that I think is really going to be immoralized and should be on a monument somewhere because it captures exactly uh, the essence of what we're facing. And I've learned a new term. I didn't understand it in the beginning, but before we take our break for the weather, a term I've learned is gaslighting. Right. And gaslighting is making you believe that what you believe is wrong and what the person doing the gaslighting believes is right. And meanwhile, the gaslighter is guilty of the very same behavior he's accusing, the gas lit. that he get through all that okay, of being guilty of. So no. um, it's as it's, it's, it's crazy as 19... It's crazier than 1984... I don't remember that term in 1984. No. Um, Dr. Strangelove, of course, was classic cinematic treatment, riding a bomb down. Right.
0: That's right. But,
2: you know, we've got a whole new uh, – Trump is called Biden the Manchurian candidate. Uh, that, that probably is applicable in many ways. But we're in need of a new, a new writer to, <laughs> to write the story of what we're going through right now with these new terms.
0: One of which really is are, you know, they're, they're new terms and new terminology, but yet the underlying, um, the underlying theology, maybe, or belief is the same as it was back in Homer in the, um, yeah. uh, in the days of the Iliad, that struggle of man, you know, you've got right versus wrong, good versus evil. That is something embedded in humanity that will go on way beyond us. And we're going to have these fights. They're just going to use different tactics, different rules. And, um, you know, w- we know where this leads, and it's not a, a pretty thing. But you're absolutely right that, um, you know, the terminology is out there, and they do the same thing. And you go back to the the days of Nazi Germany with Hitler, with the brown shirts, with the, uh, uh, the SS, um, the Gestapo. That's what they're doing, really. I mean, it, it's you know they're not going out shooting people and and doing that. But if you look at what they did to the January sixth protesters, people are still in prison. They haven't been charged. There's no speedy trial, and so intimidation. And that was what Hitler's people did. That's what we saw with Antifa. That's what we're going to see again with Antifa if Trump becomes a nominee, or say DeSantis becomes a nominee, because. He's uh, mini-me, as far as the left is concerned, to, to, towards Trump.
2: <clears throat> well, we've got a, uh, uh, one of our faithful viewers here says that Pelosi was the is the master at gaslighting. I I, I have to agree. I mean, that woman um, really is a, is a trip. But we're at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take our break for the weather, and we'll be right back. Meanwhile, if you want to put something in the chat line that we'll talk about. We're going down what I really refers to as Ted's list and um, (laughs) Ted's list has on it the following
0: uh, is a boat on on that list.
2: (laughs) You got the debt, the China border election laws, Obamization of America and leadership. And that pretty much is uh, takes it all in. We're going to take a break and be right back with Ward's weather in just a moment.
0: on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers.
2: Attention all Gator fans, Melden Law is giving away a chance to experience the Florida-Georgia game like never before. Two nights stay at the Hilton on the River, dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse, two premium tickets to the game, and Football signed by Coach Billy Napier and much more. Go to the Melden Law Facebook page and look for the VIP experience for two. Good luck and go, Gators!
1: This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our
2: sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems. Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On-the-Spot Dry Cleaners, r Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscotfiles.com
1: Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, thanks. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Wards Weather. By golly, we are here in the
2: manly warthog man cave. And it is a little cooler, 89 degrees is the high, they say, with some rain coming later. It's about 78 now. Uh, We'll take a little cooler if we can get it. Uh, We, of course, have had a lot of grass. We have dragged and mowed very, not closely, but the pastures, and they're looking great. The cattle are all happy. And we just open, we keep dodging lightning. That's the big fear. They all get under one tree and go, you know, bye-bye under one strike. But so far, I've been fortunate that hasn't happened. Where we have had some bad luck or whatever is, of course, in Maui. As I've said to you, shared with you, I have a friend who lives in Maui. He called me yesterday. He's about an hour away from Leena and gave me some pretty keen insights into what that area could be like going forward. His concern is, that Hawaii, particularly Maui and particularly Leonie, is third world. And that's why people are there. Time doesn't mean anything the way it does in our world. We don't have the busy bustle schedules and traffic lights changing on this island. There's not even a harbor, according to my friend, that will accommodate the type of aid that the area needs. Now, maybe we'll ask Ted about this, because in our world, we mean well. We've done this with Puerto Rico. We've dumped tons of money into these places, and the local administration squanders it. Look at Haiti. It doesn't seem to matter what you put in Haiti, and I'm not putting Maui in the same category as Haiti or Puerto Rico. But according to my friend who lives there and has lived there for quite a while, retired there, it has lots of that mindset. And that's how they got in trouble in the first place. Really a lack of concern for the possibility that, and how could you, on the other hand, be prepared for that kind of disaster? But it was dry. It started with an electrical power shortage breakup on the line. And away it went. And we showed you yesterday video gathered by a friend of my friend who took a bike ride around Leoni and narrated the entire trip. So I thought I'd share it with you on Wards Weather, brought to you by Lewis Oil. It's interesting, Ted, what do you think about or have your comments at all about this notion that we mean well, but do they know how to handle us suddenly dumping whatever, into the culture.
0: No, yeah, you're absolutely right. We mean well. Our foreign aid policies mean well, but we don't do it properly. Um, Case in point, Haiti, brought up Haiti. Um, We, under the Clinton administration, they dumped a bunch of grain, it was either peanuts or wheat, into Haiti, and it collapsed their market. The same thing has happened in multiple countries in Africa. You know, so we bring in food and we drop it down there, and it crushes the local market because there's no incentive for the farmers to grow because people are getting that same commodity for free and um and so our intentions are good; the policy is bad, and then they went and we changed things, and so we started giving out e b t cards in Afghanistan, in Syria in iraq uh instead of food because what they found is as the food went over there the taliban or isis or you know al-qaeda would take the food and they would hoard it and give it out uh, for favors that people would be loyal to them and now so we got away from that so now we're giving ebt cards and hell i just came back from dc a couple weeks ago When I was up there, uh, the USDA admitted there could be up to four to $7 billion in fraud. And I left on January 3rd, I think of 2021. I met with the agriculture committee while I was up there. And they said, well, that was when you were here. We think it's closer to $22 billion in food stamp fraud in the United States of America. So if there's that much fraud here, the billions of dollars we send overseas in a electronic benefits transfer card, how much fraud do you think is there? Number one, I just think it's a wrong way to go. So to answer your question, our aid can be a very strong, soft diplomacy tool if used properly. But if it's not used properly, it's a waste of the American taxpayer's money, and it doesn't do our nation well.
2: Well, we had a guest on last Friday to confirm what you are saying, who was a uh, a fraud investigator in, in uh, government, you know, programs. Right. The numbers are just astounding. It's oh, it's astounding. Astounding.
0: You know, and I bring this up to, to different legislatures, and they'll say, yeah, we know it's bad. But then they turn around, and they say how we're fighting for transparency and accountability in Washington, but they don't bring anything up on this. And this ties into our debt in this country. These are the programs they should go after. These are the low-hanging fruit that I don't care what your political affiliation is. If somebody is stealing from you and the American taxpayers that you represent, well, by God, you ought to be there fighting to protect that. And they, they don't do that. It it all becomes polarized and you're either a racist or you're against poor people. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's a broken system. We have a broken system and, um, (laughs) I just, I've got something flashing up on my screen and it's the, um, the prosecutor there uh, <laughs> that's charging Trump. That's an angry one.
2: Exactly. <laughs> you want to share what you got there? We'll, we'll, we'll splice into it.
0: No, it, it just she's on there just talking about what's going on and listing all these things. and But the picture of her, she's just an angry person. You could just see that. and I guess it goes back to the Black Panther day.
2: It, um, goes, back to, oh, it goes back to Oakland? It goes back to that daddy? I guarantee you, and this is my, here, here, let me just wander off into the race card a moment. If, and I was a coach and a teacher and all that, Ted, if you were my player or you were my student, and I constantly only brought up the bad things you were doing and rode you about that and rode you about that, you would never develop
1: any kind of good relationship with me. No. Nor I with you. If I were to say, Ted, you did it that way, but how about trying it this way?
2: I think this will work better. In other words, we're going to emphasize the positive. It's easy to find the negative in anybody and everybody, including ourselves. But you've got to And we cannot seem to incorporate that into our American character because here's the weird thing. The player or the student, in this case, the black, in this case, this woman, doesn't want it to happen.
1: They don't want it to happen because it is going to create an end that is
2: going to get you fired as the coach, so to speak, if, you continue, if, if, if I continue this metaphor with you. All right. the, Black, the Black Panther, you know, I watched it. I was,
1: King was a Christian. Turn the other cheek. He studied Gandhi.
2: He told his people, and they believed him, that if they're beating you or whatnot, don't resist, because human nature will champion the underdog. And sooner or later, people will pull for you, which is right. what happened. And then you know, King's bodyguards never had weapons.
0: Oh, is that right? I didn't know that.
2: Never had weapons. Never had weapons. And he didn't. He wouldn't let him. And he was ready to go. He was ready to go. He's, uh, you know, I would, and he, he predicted he would go. Yeah, he did. So you know, when he went, the void was filled instantly by angry people, and it was the Black Panthers. And they that, began to burn Betsy Jackson,
0: Al Sharpton's,
2: burn it down, buddy. Yeah. Well, it, it was Huey Newton and those guys, Elridge Cleaver and those guys. And yeah. he came out of Oakland. And um, this woman is a product of that.
0: She sure is. Yeah. The Reverend Wrights and all those people.
2: Well, um, i never heard of such a, I never heard of such a church. You know, where you take the Lord's name in vain in the church. And damn the country in which the church resides. Right. And Obama is sitting there. That guy married him. You know, married him. And he sat there in that church and listened to that stuff. And, you know, any decent person, you would think, would get up and walk out. And that is so antithetical to King. Totally. You
0: honest. know, it really is. And, uh, again, they have taken the good that he did. And I remember when he got on the scene. Um, I didn't like him. You know, I guess I was a racist at the time, but I didn't understand him. But what I have done through the my maturation in life and getting to be 68 and a half years old almost is you appreciate what he did. And he stood for truth, um, you know, and he wasn't a perfect individual. I mean, you can see the stories um, of what uh, some of the things he did personally, but none of us are. But yet what he stood for I think we're spot on. You know, if you look at our founders, they weren't perfect in- individuals either. But they, what they stood for, and the things they put together to create this country, Martin Luther King is in that same vein. And this, we became a better country because of him. But then you get the charlatans like the Al Sharptons, the Jesse Jacksons, and the people that are replacing them, um, and they have bastardized what Martin Luther King had done for the for the advancement not just the colored people, but the advancement of America as a society. And, uh, things got so much better in race relationships until maybe the, um, the, the nineties and they started to go backwards and now we're going backwards more. Um, and, uh, you know, again, that's just part of conquering divide that Alinsky talks about flower. Pivens talks about that, um, the communists talk about. And, uh, you know, again, we're living through a very, very exciting time, but it's a very dangerous and very sad time at the same time in America. And again, it goes back to the way I see to get out of this is you've got to have the leader that's going to run that can identify the problems, sets up a national agenda, and then, politics to bring other people in them at the House and the Senate level that will support these bills that will reverse course of what Obama has really put on steroids with the fundamental transformation of America. That really is what needs to happen, and they need to concentrate on the major things, not the minor things. I mean, Hunter Biden, yeah, we'd all like to see him and Joe uh, serve their day in court or have their day in court, and then uh, get punished the way they're supposed to be according to our legal system, but not these trumped up charges, pardon the pun, on Donald Trump and trying to make him out to be boogeyman. Um, you know, it, it, it's a travesty to the justice system. And it, and again, it goes back to the Democrats who break the law to get their ends, you know, to, to make sure Trump is not the nominee and or president.
2: You, you know, I don't know if you've ever read a letter from Birmingham jail by Martin Luther King.
0: I've had parts of I I have read that, but I can't remember it.
2: Well, the letter from Birmingham jail, we teach as a rhetorical strategy in our composition classes. And here's the amazing thing about it. It is written from Birmingham jail where he was locked up by Bull Connor, who was the sheriff there in Birmingham, Alabama, or, you know, Protesting, I think it was a garbage strike or something like that. uh, Helping the guys trying to get better pay for the garbage truck. Anyway, they put him in Birmingham jail.
1: And he wrote the letter. Said, because I believe in the law, which this area says I've broken, I will do the time.
2: Because it is the law. But there is a better law, a higher law. Which we must follow and get to match get this law to match that law. That was his logic. And it's a classic. It's a, you know, it's a I'll go to jail do the time because I broke the law. But I think the law ought to be changed. And I'm right. demonstrating the injustice of it by being in the jail. I learned something. I learned something. and, And Ted, this has never been, I've said it on the air on my show.
1: I went to a, I deliberately went to a banquet where Jesse Jackson was the keynote speaker. Okay. Did you really? It was at the Hilton over there on Southwest 13th. I sat there. And I was amazed at what I heard him say. He
2: said.
0: To country me, and family, right?
2: No, what he said was this. He said, you people, we people, I almost fell on my chair. If I hadn't heard it, I wouldn't believe it. Need to stop blindly believing everything the Democrats tell you.
0: He said that.
2: He said that. You know, some of King's family is Republican.
0: Right, right. They sure are they're, they're supporters. Supporters.
2: He said that, well, everybody kind of, blacks in the audience kind of get a little nervous on that. And then he said the following, you know, Jesse Jackson was one of Martin Luther King's companions and walked by the wagon and all that. He said, when Martin was in the Birmingham jail,
1: he asked Richard Nixon. To come and see him, Richard Nixon didn't come. Mm-hmm. Jack Kennedy did.
0: Oh, is that right?
1: And because
2: Jack Kennedy came, Martin became a Democrat.
0: Is that was that the transition?
2: That was it.
0: And darn, I didn't know
2: that. I nobody knows it. It never made the papers. It never got up beyond the people who had him. I'll guarantee you, they didn't repeat that and I about fell out of my chair. I I I mean because it, it was absolutely made perfect sense. You know, for guys my age and my generation, we know this. We you know, this was our this was our lives back then. Wow. And I was just dumbfounded. And today, I know the leaders of the NAACP. I know them all here locally. They are they could do so much more as leaders.
0: Oh man. So much
2: more. So much more. If they would truly follow what King said, you know, let's put it together. Let's not divide it.
0: Let's well, put it together. Know, just the, the statement, the NAACP came out and said, don't travel to Florida. It's dangerous. It's a racist state. Oh my God. I mean, Where I mean, was the black community coming out and saying, what are you talking about? I've lived here. My family's lived here. We're doing great. And, um, you know, for an organization like that to come out and make a statement like that takes their credibility away. And, um, you know, again, that organization was formed for good reasons, but through the course of time it's become more racially motivated, uh, versus what it was set out to do. And, um, uh, you well, it's know, back it's back
2: to your list of leadership. There's mm-hmm. so much potential for leadership there. And, um,
0: there's definitely a void.
2: Is uh, a boy, you know, Jesse Jackson was a, I believe he was a wide receiver for the university of Illinois. And, um, uh, um, so, I mean, I just sat there. I thought, I said, you know, did I hear things right? You know, did I, do I need to clear my ears? Or not? And there were a couple of guys sitting there with me who heard, I could dig them up. They were at that table with me. And, uh, we were there, we were running for office, you know, so we went to these things and, um, uh, um, that's what I heard. And of course, uh, you know, I I was I went I went to military school in Marion, Alabama, right down the road from Selma. So I know all about Pettus Bridge and all that business, uh every bit of it, you know, and um you know, it was it was what we it was what we lived. But we haven't made any advancement. In fact, this is what bothers me. They're deliberately dividing us rather than unite us if they just do that thing and turn the other cheek and look at the positive. Look at all the positive things the race. Okay. You know, look at all the positive things, you know. There's so many.
0: My well, God, see, that's what a leader does: is they 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 look beyond the, what's going on right now, and they look at making the situation better, stronger, our nation better, stronger. And you get somebody like Obama that comes in, and uh, you know, he divides, he divides, he divides, and he has got uh, this hatred for this country, you know, and. He's the one that really promoted, you know, it was um, the white patriarchy. You know, it's the Obama's um, not from this country. I mean, he lived
2: in Hawaii. He's not. He's, he's, he doesn't know us. You know, he came out of a book. All of his ideas come from a book. Yep. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's never the
0: organzi- organizer. Yeah. He's That's never acknowledged his mother, Yeah,
2: never acknowledged his mother. Uh, there's a black lady who is a very prominent. I can't remember her name now who criticizes him or saying that very thing. You never acknowledge that, you know, your mother, and you keep bringing up the father whom you didn't even know. And, uh, you know, didn't even know. Obviously he used that for political reasons, but no, Barack Obama's not, he's not. If you really wanted to know this country, then you had to come
0: from the South.
2: You had to come from the South, I think. You know, I know you were in well, Minnesota.
0: Just be well-rounded in your education. Uh, well, in
2: the South, you were dealing with the problem. I mean, it right. was
0: right there. Yeah, you had it firsthand. Yeah, you know, you're right I came from with Minnesota, you. and uh, I didn't see my first black person up close till I was about ten years old. And then we moved to South Florida, and uh, it was right at the beginning of uh, integration. And uh, you know, we went through the race riots, and you know, so you're right. You get the experience at firsthand. And, um, you know, it gives you a different perspective. But we have become such a better country up through the late 90s, early 2000s on race relationships in this country. But we have gone backwards. And I'm going to say where I significantly saw it was with the Clintons and Obama. And, of course, you know, what we're seeing today and uh, where this will end, I don't know, but I I don't think it will end. Um, you know, Pollyannish. I don't think it's going to be everybody's going to be smiling. Um, I think there will be a rough period of time that we have to go through and we'll come out and we will rebuild and be a stronger nation and, and a more united nation. Um, and I just hope it, if that happens, it happens quick and it, it's over quick.
2: Well, you know, the working people are many of them, which are working people are the minorities, the black blackfellas. They ought to be complaining about the damn price of gas, too. I mean, it's killing yep. them. We can't divide according to race. We have now to start, we have to start looking at class. I mean, the elites don't feel the gas pinch. Um, you know, they live in the cities. They take, you know, they don't know what the heck we're talking about on price of fuel for running a farm. Um, but the black guys do because right next to me right now, down the road from me, is a black farmer. You know this from being a veterinarian. Sure. I mean, they're working the land, too. The older ones are, not the young ones. The older ones right. are. And they the older ones lament the fact that they can't get the younger ones to do it. You know, I've been, at the, I've been at a gate. I've been in a fence, a shared fence between me and my black neighbors, many a time with one foot on the strand, lamenting the fact that you can't get any of their kids to work.
0: You know, they're off doing drugs. Right. Well, we're seeing that in the, on the, the white side too. Unfortunately, I talked to a lot of my good clients and, you know, you, follow up with the kids and, you know, they used to be out there working in the cow pens, working with the cattle and, you know, they're hung up on drugs now. And, you know, it's it's a breakdown in culture and society. Uh, and I think people are feeling um, um, the hope of getting a better lifestyle has disappeared. Maybe it's the American dream they don't see they can reach. And, of course, we see that with the last two generations are doing worse than their parents. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things that uh, I think it takes motivation out of people. Of course, then you have the government saying it's not your fault. You know, it's the system that's stacked against you. And, you know, we'll give you money. Well, you know, you don't have to work. You know, woe is me. You know, we're going to help you out. And, um, you know, they they make it. The Democratic group we have in there, their goal is to make you a victim so they can take care of you. Ted, we to, to,
2: we gotta to to run,
0: right
2: got run along, my man. And um, <clears throat> um everybody's liking what we're talking about. We I gotta tell my fans out there, we don't gonna pull any punches now with you. We're gonna talk about the tough subjects. Um there are a lot of tough subjects that don't get dealt with honestly. And uh you only hear whatever is the conventionally accepted narrative. And you know, personally, I can't I can't do a show that way. I gotta do uh, it. Um,
0: you can't, I mean, you can't be honest that way, I don't think. I mean, you can, you can use better words sometimes, but you can't always be politically correct. I mean, it is what it is. And, yeah. you, know, you, you don't try to offend people, but people will be offended by whatever you say sometimes, regardless of what you say.
2: So, Absolutely. All
0: right, so, man.
2: Thanks for coming by, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully see you next week. And
0: <clears throat> Thanks <clears throat> for letting me hang out.
2: Yeah, great to okay. see you. ward Command Center out. I-
0: You guys take care.